0: Hello, and welcome to the Space Weather Facts and Forecast podcast. I'm Isaac Brighamann, amateur space weather enthusiast, and I'll be giving you the current space weather conditions, a forecast for the upcoming week, and telling you all about a fascinating space weather phenomenon. Stay tuned! For once, it feels a little more like we're approaching solar maximum, as we should be. The sun has been very active with solar flares and CMEs lately. A few sunspot groups in particular, such as ARs 3575 and 3576, produced many M-flares and even a couple X-flares, although both regions are now nearly gone from the Earth-facing disk. However, despite the barrage of flares, no CMEs made a significant impact with Earth. A couple weak impacts may have been detected, but nothing strong enough to cause a geomagnetic Solar activity has calmed down a bit in the last couple days. Currently, there's seven numbered sunspot regions on the Earth-facing disk. However, they're all small and not magnetically complex, so the chance of a major solar flare is low. Isolated M-flares could still be possible, although AR 3583, the region most likely to produce them, will be gone over the West Limb in just a few days. The biggest thing of interest, to keep an eye on now, is Farside activity. Judging from Farside magnetic maps, there may be a rather large sunspot group approaching the east limb. If so, it could emerge in a few days. However, these maps are somewhat unreliable, so we'll have to wait and see what truly emerges. There have also been as many as five large Side CMEs in the past week or so and many of them were likely from old AR-3575 which would now be near the middle of the solar far side. That AR produced many large solar flares while it faced earth including an X3.4 blast as it left the western limb 8 days ago. That region of the sun will return over the east limb in around a week, but it remains to be seen whether AR-3575 will still be there or whether it will decay. As to geomagnetic activity, the current conditions are mostly quiet. The kp is only 1, and the solar wind speed is 335 kilometers a second. However, the Bz is staying pretty consistently at negative 5 nt, which is mainly what's responsible for an elevated hemispheric power of 41 gigawatts in the north and 38 in the south. I do not see any major events in the forecast since the main flaring active regions have gone behind the west limb of the sun. The only thing of note is the potential for a glancing blow from a CME launched from a filament eruption on February 16th. If that CME arrives, we could see an impact late on February 19th. I would say a KP-4 would be about the maximum for the event, with a KP-3 even more likely. High-latitude aurora chasers might get a chance on the 19th or 20th with a favorable impact, but I would not expect aurora at lower latitudes. Thanks for listening to the forecast. Now it's time to talk about this week's featured space weather phenomena. Usually when we think of the solar system, we think of our Sun and its family of eight planets. So it would make sense then to say that the solar system ends at the orbit of Neptune, the furthest out planet. However, the solar system is a complex place and there are many ways to define where it ends. I'll talk about all this in this episode. Looking into space out past Neptune, using large enough telescopes, astronomers have realized that there is a whole swarm of small objects out there. It's called the Kuiper Belt made of trillions of small icy objects, each orbiting the Sun. The existence of the Kuiper Belt was proved in 1992, with the discovery of the first small objects within it. In some ways, it's similar to the Asteroid Belt between Mars and Jupiter, although the Kuiper Belt contains icy objects, while those in the Asteroid Belt are rocky, and the Kuiper Belt likely contains more objects. It also contains several dwarf planets. Pluto is certainly the most well-known, but there are three other discovered ones, and it is estimated that there could be hundreds of undiscovered dwarf planets out there. Now since the Kuiper belt consists of objects, some of them quite large, that are orbiting the Sun, it would make sense to include it as part of the solar system, as most scientists do. So this extends the solar system out from the orbit of Neptune, which is on average 30 AU, to about 55 AU at the outer edge of the Kuiper Belt. For reference, 1AU, short for Astronomical Unit, is the average distance from the Earth to the Sun, equal to about 150 million kilometers. But does the solar system end there? Not yet. One way that many scientists define the edge of the solar system is using the solar wind. Quick refresher, Solar wind is the stream of charged particles flowing out from the sun in all directions throughout the solar system. If you want a little more detail on the solar wind, you can go back and listen to episode 5 where I covered that in depth. As the solar wind leaves the sun, it is accelerated to very high speeds, roughly 400 to 800 kilometers a second. As the solar wind travels outwards through the solar system, it gradually slows down and decreases in density. This is due to pressure from the interstellar medium. The interstellar medium is the low-density gas, dust, and cosmic rays that fill the space between star systems. This medium exerts pressure on the solar wind, and so as the solar wind moves outward, it begins to interact with the interstellar medium and slow down. Eventually, where the pressure exerted outward by the solar wind drops low enough, the solar wind slows to subsonic speeds which, in space, is about 100 kilometers per second. However, the change to subsonic speeds is not smooth. It is sudden, almost like a shock wave. This point, known as the termination shock, occurs at roughly 75 to 90 AU from the sun. It is important to note at this point that the exact dynamics and structure of these solar wind features are not too well known. We only have two direct measurements of the termination shock, from the satellites Voyagers 1 and 2. Outside the termination shock, where the solar wind speed is subsonic, the solar wind flow becomes very turbulent, and continues to slow as it crashes into the interstellar medium. Eventually, the outward pressure of the solar wind equals the inward pressure from the interstellar medium, and the solar wind stops. Where the solar wind stops is called the heliopause. Voyager 1 crossed this boundary at 121 AU from the Sun, while Voyager 2 found it at 119 AU. Now, Because it represents the outer influence of the solar wind and the Sun's magnetic field, and since anything outside of it is fully in the interstellar medium, the heliopause is often considered the outer edge of the solar system. However, there is yet another way to define the solar system that pushes the boundary even further out, the Oort cloud. The Oort cloud is a spherical shell of icy comet-like objects orbiting the sun, many as big as mountains or larger. The cloud is truly huge. Its inner edge is thought to be between 2,000 and 5,000 AU from the sun, or between 17 to 42 times farther away than the heliopause. The outer edge might be somewhere from 10,000 to 100,000 AU from the Sun. If that's true, it would mean the Oort cloud stretches a quarter or even halfway to the nearest star. The Oort cloud is probably the source of most long period comets. These are comets that take 200 years or more to orbit the Sun, many even take thousands of years. While it seems a little strange to say the solar system goes halfway to the closest star, it does make some sense to include the Oort cloud as part of it, because each object is still gravitationally bound to and orbiting the sun. So it turns out that where the solar system ends is really dependent on your definition. Going solely by where the planets orbit, you could say it stretches about 30 or 50 AU out. If you look at the solar wind and where the sun's magnetic influence ends, then it's about 120 AU away. But if you consider the entire gravitational influence of the sun, then the solar system extends possibly 100,000 AU, equal to 1.6 light-years out, halfway to the nearest star. The solar system is clearly a massive and complicated place. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and share it. Also, please consider leaving a review. It helps the podcast get found. New episodes are released on the third Saturday of the month on major podcast platforms. See you next time.